Hello, and welcome to the Small Business Strategy Podcast, business podcast series where we discuss business and marketing strategies, challenges, and the power of living your passion as a small business owner. My name is Jacqueline Farkas. I am a marketing and business consultant, as well as the founder of Social Marketing Boutique. I serve my clients with a variety of marketing services, as well as personal branding strategy. I'm so excited you're here, and I look forward to sharing more content with you in the upcoming episodes. Please welcome my guest, Christina. How are you, Christina? Hi, Jacqueline. I'm so great. I'm so excited to be here today. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. Um, I'm happy to have you here to uh, share your story with us and, you know, some challenges that you encounter in your own business, as well as some advice you can provide our listeners. So let's get started with your story. Tell me a little bit about yourself and, and how you started. Oh, I always find this the most fun and interesting part to podcast episodes. I'm a huge podcast junkie myself. Love your podcast and just the guests that you've brought on. Yeah, because we all, I truly believe, have such a unique background and story. And I didn't always feel this way, thought that my journey was very much like others. But, you know, in short, to kind of give your audience a little bit of background into how my journey really began. You know, I guess the best way for me to preface this is first by sharing, you know, like that I did not always know that I would be doing what I am doing today, which, you know, in role terms is business coaching and helping others with podcast guest strategy. But, you know, life I really feel is such a series of making decision after decision. And sometimes we can only make the best decision we know how to in the moment based off of the knowledge and the experience that we have. And I wanted to say that the common thread throughout my journey, I feel leading up to this point anyway, is that whenever I found myself feeling really drawn towards something, Mm -hmm. that I just gave myself that permission to go for it. You know, regardless of how qualified I felt that I was to be they're doing it. If, if it excited me, you know, I would find a way to just learn the bare minimum and, and just very scrappily get started with it and really live into that fail forward um, mantra. Only, you know, back then, I didn't know this is what it was called. It wasn't like the hip thing to take messy action, right? Like I think later in life, I learned that this is really one of the qualities. One, I think that has allowed me to accomplish as much as I have between starting businesses, starting projects, you know, but also that it's, it's a characteristic that we see in a lot of business owners, you know, like yourself Mm -hmm. and in entrepreneurs is believing in ourselves and in our vision so much more than we are afraid to fail that it Mm -hmm. keeps us moving forward. And without, you know, going too deeply into it, I think it's really important to acknowledge where we come from. And for me, you know, it's in recognizing that my parents played a really large role in cultivating this mindset for me. I think in particular, my mom was a huge cheerleader for me in a lot of Mm -hmm. my early pursuits. You know, if I expressed even the most inkling of interest for something, you know, she wouldn't judge me or deter me from pursuing it. She would just encourage me to look into it a little more, to explore it. And honestly, I feel like that's been a big reason as to why I was able to, you know, have a lot of these early experiences from selling Girl Scout cookies to, you know, later it was 
launching my own chapter for Habitat for Humanity at, in high school. You know, it's these early experiences I really feel that cultivate that sense of confidence that, well, if I have an idea, you know, and I give myself that chance to run with it, what could it become? What impact can I make? How can I be a leader in this space? And honestly, that's that's what I love doing for other people today. Yes, absolutely. So, I mean, yeah. that, that is so amazing. And I think you're you're spot on with um, having role models and and where and how you grew up is a big part of really who you become. And sometimes we have to adapt to me if we want to change ourselves from what we were previously to adapt. It's a big part of our culture today, (laughs) whether you're, you know, it doesn't matter what race or what gender you are. It's still about being adaptable and, and learning from other people and other cultures, because really, I mean, around us, we have so many different personalities, so many different leadership styles, right? That, that we look up to that we have mentors or were the mentor to somebody else. They may not think like us or grew up like us. So we have to be able to to adapt, to be able to serve our people and see, you know, how to dig deeper. And that may take a business coach, right? Like yourself to get more clarity on how to get there. Because sometimes being a new business owner, it's not always that easy to know how to get from point A to point B. Um, No, because the vision (laughs) is what drives us, right? Like you said, the vision completely drives us and our motivation. Hey there, small business owners. It's Jacqueline Farkas here. Do you love tuning into the Small Business Strategy Podcast? Great news. There are ways you can support our podcast simply by following and subscribing to our podcast and sharing with a small business owner friend. We'd also love to hear from you on what topics resonate with you by leaving a rating or review on how you enjoy our podcast. It does help with our ratings to have that feedback as well. We'd love to hear from you. And also, are you looking to share your story as a small business owner? Apply to be a guest on our podcast. We'd love to hear your story and share it with other small business owners. For all the details, check out our website, marketingserviceboutique.com backslash podcast. See you there. But what about the step before the vision? You know, what do you have to do right. to get there? And and those building blocks, that foundation is so important to keep us going and to keep us level and do our self-care and just everything. Yes. Oh, I love that you touched <laughs> on it. And especially in using that metaphor of taking it step by step. Mm-hmm. I was listening to your episode with Danielle and, mm-hmm. you know, the, the talking about the stuckness and, and how easy it is oftentimes when we're going into something and looking at the finished end product and, and how overwhelming that could be. But, mm-hmm. you know, one of the keys, I think, in keeping us in that sustainable energy and not just, you know, at the mercy of like our motivation, right, is really focusing on just taking things step by step and not overwhelming us, you know, ourselves with a whole entire everything all at once. So I just, I really loved that you touched oh, on thank that. You. And yeah, the adaptability as well, I think mm-hmm. is so essential. We can all, I think, go into business ideas and projects with a certain idea of what that's supposed to look like, or even, you know, how we imagine ourselves showing up 
for our audience. But I think if there's one thing I've learned is that things are never what you quite think they're going to end up being what you think they're going to look like in terms of the plan. And having that, I think, flexibility and adaptability to just kind of go with the flow of it, but at the same time, hold true to what aligns with you, right? I think that's something you and I have talked about a lot yeah. is you know, making sure you stay true to your vision for yourself. Um, so there's like a, a balance there, I think, with staying flexible and adaptable, but also true to yourself. Yeah, I agree 100%. Sometimes it comes down to having a backup plan. I found that as a creative business owner, like, and having so many ideas and right, the vision as being the higher goal, there could be a lot of things that on opportunities that come your way, but you have to know and be have a backup plan if one doesn't work. And ultimately, if that backup plan saves you time, then you might want to opt for that option rather than just sticking through the original plan because there could be a lot of factors at stake as a business owner, you know, is it worth your time? Is is it really worth all the time and investment into that project, for example? Or is there another project that aligns better with your audience or your offer that may just be a better fit for this time? And then revisit, you know, that previous goal and see how you can adapt. Um, it's so important. Oh, there's so much wisdom <laughs> in that. I love that. You know, I think so often we can be so hard on ourselves if a initial idea turns out looking a bit different than we thought it would, or in some ways it feels like we've kind of like failed to follow through on an idea that we had for what it was going to look like. When in reality, it's like when you're, you're looking at the situation and you're really prioritizing your customer and, and the service that you're providing, you know, maybe in that moment, it looks like adapting your services a bit so that it really helps to me meet the customer where they're at, you know, in that moment. And I think it takes a lot of like humility, humbling our ego and, mm -hmm. you know, putting aside the need to have things in a certain way. And it really actually, I think, puts us as business owners in a very vulnerable position. And yeah. it's something I was thinking about a lot as I was preparing for this uh, conversation today, because, you know, I think one, we're as small business owners, you know, we're constantly out there, putting ourselves out there, talking about what it is we do, that in itself is a very vulnerable act because it's something we've created. It's something that we often, especially if you're the face of your business, mm -hmm. right, mm -hmm. can feel is, is a very personal thing. But when it comes to you know the things we create, and especially if they're they're adapting, how do we not get ourselves also lost in the changes that are happening? Mm -hmm. You know, how do we still hold true to ourselves, you know, in the face of that vulnerability to not give into like people pleasing or having ourselves look a certain way because maybe our, our competitors are doing things a certain way. Right. And really honoring that intuition and what it's mm -hmm. telling you, you know, whether it's in the style of the way you market yourself, right. In your branding, or if it's, you know, in the way that you might go about explaining something to someone. So yeah, I just, I really love that you touched on that. Thank you. Yeah. You know, it, it's something that, that should be talked about. And sometimes I feel like people 
shy away from talking about it out loud and they just they think about it right and they ponder but they don't take action or know how to even go about it but sometimes i think talking about it helps us through situations rather than you know just pondering and leaving it to the side like we'll do deal with this later i have to deal with this you know immediate project right now because planning ahead really I believe you can manifest what you want, you know, for your future in many different forms, you know, whether it's you're meditating, you're doing yoga, you're planning like a business plan or marketing plan. There's a lot of ways to manifest your future, um, but you just have to set aside in that the intention and the time. And it could be like journal writing, right? I don't know if you're familiar or do journal writing, but, you know, five minutes a day or whatever you can commit to yourself. Similar to a self-care activity, but this would be, you know, more intentional for your business um, rather than the self-care aspect. But I think it's so important. And to be honest, I manifested a lot of things that I have today. Like I started a podcast last October and yes, you did. Right. So there's a lot of <laughs> here things. we are. Exactly. That it took a lot of work. It took a lot of planning. At first, it was like a million and one questions on how am I going to get to this you know, where I want to be. Um, but I ultimately, like you said earlier, I just had to start. Like there was going to be the fear. There was going to be the questions no matter when I started, but it was putting myself out there, building more into the story, the vision, and then, yeah, kind of trusting myself with the process and having the guidance of like a podcast editor and a manager to help guide me in not my zone of genius and and really help me up level my brand and build a community as funny as that may sound like and different i would say is i'm building a community through podcasting i'm in a different way than people may be doing through memberships right and and that's totally valid but i want to do things differently and that's definitely me <laughs> I love that. Oh, I celebrate that. And, and, you know, maintaining, I wouldn't even say maintaining, sustaining mm -hmm. is a more empowering way, I think, of explaining it. But sustaining the vision that we start out with can often be more challenging than the getting started. One thing I know I reflect on quite often is, you know, how as entrepreneurs, it's so easy because we get excited by ideas. It's part mm -hmm. of, I feel like what gives us our edge as entrepreneurs is, is getting into that action, you know, right away when we have an idea, but how do we sustain that momentum? And I think you touched on something so important and is having some form of a routine or some form of accountability through systems for yourself, you know, mm -hmm. whatever that looks like for you, that will help you to stay consistent, but also really grounded in your intention for the work that you do. Yeah, I think, tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah. Like, how do you incorporate that in your processes and your, like, what does that look like for you? Absolutely. Yeah. I think for me, you know, it didn't come overnight for sure, but having some form of a routine or system in place to help me hold myself accountable, you know, especially when I'm in those moments where I want to quit on myself, you know, it, it I think it's so human for us to not feel motivated all the time. And it's something that I really had to learn to adjust my own expectations around as an entrepreneur, you know, because here we see a lot of examples of the hustle and also, you know, just being on and excited about all aspects of your business. Mm -hmm. And, you know, perhaps that may be a reality for some out there, but what I've come to find is really 
more frequently, not everyone's excited about every aspect of their business, you know? And I think the more that we can normalize that, the less burnt out we'll feel about needing to feel super excited about every part and really just overextending ourselves to say yes to the things that, you know, really we can, like you and I talked about right before hopping on this, right? Outsource to someone else who that's their zone of genius, you know, but to kind of come back to the routine part of things, I think developing a sense of some sort of stability and control for me in my day-to-day, especially Mm -hmm. as an entrepreneur, your days will look very different. I don't think I ever have two days that look exactly the same. And that's what yeah. makes it amazing, right? And it mm-hmm. also can make it difficult to gauge our progress and feeling of stability. So I think understanding how important that was in keeping me focused, keeping me really progressing forward with my goals was really important. Yeah. Um, helps me to tamper a lot of those moments of, you know, fear, self-doubt, that stuckness. Yeah. I wanted to call back, you know, that, mm-hmm. that episode I mentioned earlier, you know, with Danielle, I remember you both mm-hmm. talking about how important it was having a wellness routine. You know, you talked about mm-hmm. your Peloton. Yeah. yeah. That was amazing because, <laughs> you know, having, having a source of movement, I think has been for me as well, very essential to helping me release a lot of that energy, especially like resistant energy, stuck energy. But something that I've also realized is of equal importance in my day-to-day is also learning the practice of stillness. So Hmm. on one hand, you have movement in your day. You also practice of stillness. And I think just remembering to intentionally incorporate those moments in my day, whether it's just, you know, waking up first thing in the morning, I'm taking the time to take three deep breaths, checking in with myself, checking in with, you know, my vision it doesn't have to look like this whole long thing of sitting there for 10 minutes, but just really reminding myself of what I do have control over and that I do have control over my response to some of these thoughts that may not always be helpful. Right. Yeah. And I think that's honestly been one of the keys to my success in maintaining that sustainable focus and energy over the long haul. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. It's, it's really good that you brought that up. For me, I, I have a younger son and I love the stillness in the morning when I return home from dropping him off at school. <laughs> so that's kind of my stillness, um, whether it be just preparing my coffee, you know, just my own little space for a few minutes before I hop on to calls or work. It really helps me get my day started because I feel a little bit chaotic in the morning, at least trying to do the morning routine for my son. But after that's finished, oh my gosh, like there's just a weight lifted. <laughs> like, I'm like, okay, now I'm in my zone. Like I can, I can fully put all it intention and attention to everything. Um, but without that, without kind of getting him off to school in the morning, I feel a little off balance. Like, I feel like I need to tend to that before I can, I do wake up earlier, but it doesn't always work out too well for me because he wakes up early. <laughs> so I'm like, I, what, I got to wake up at 5.30? I mean, hey, it's possible, but I work better once I know things are taken care of. So. Yes, absolutely. And I think we all do. It goes back to that old adage, right, of we have to take care of ourselves before we can take care of others. And yet, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, being helpers or being, you know, very service oriented, sometimes that 
can feel a little tough. It might even feel a little, you know, selfish at times. I know for a lot of my clients who, you know, are also parents Mm -hmm. or caretakers have definitely expressed that to me. And that's why I often return to, you know, that reminder of we don't, I think you said something like you can't go from A to Z, right? Start small. It can start with just taking those few seconds for yourself. Maybe it's that moment. I think it was another podcaster I was listening to Mm. the other day. She said some of the best moments are the moments where she sits in her car for just a few seconds before entering the house, just to give herself that moment Mm. of silence, right? She's not going off somewhere to, to try to seek out that space, right? It's, it's using what you have in front of you and finding the opportunity in that. And I think it's really starting there, right? Because if Mm -hmm. we wait until we're looking for that perfect moment when we can have our our beautiful cushion and wonderful music going and a perfect light, right? And it just, it doesn't happen or it does happen very far and few. Yeah. And I think to instill that consistency for ourselves, it's really looking for those opportunities to practice consistency in your own way. So I really love that, you know, you've found that that practice for yourself to be so impactful and also for the way you show up, not just for your business, but for Mm -hmm. your family too. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I love that. So I wanted to uh, dive in a little bit deeper into, you know, your background as a sales director, you know, former sales director. What were your takeaways from that? All that experience, do you apply them to your business now or to your client work? Oh my goodness. I love this question. (laughs) I really truly feel like every step we take in life in career carries over in some way, shape or form, you know, to the next thing in life that we do to give, I guess your listeners as well as yourself, you know, a little bit of background into that particular role. Prior to that, I really never had a very focused sales position where that was my primary, you know, thing for for what I was doing. And I think learning, it, there was just a huge learning curve when it came to stepping into that role. I think it's, you know, one thing to, when you feel really yourself passionate about something and really enrolled in, whether it's you believe in the cause or you really know that whatever that product or services was really personally effective for you. You know, the the sales quote unquote part of it doesn't feel salesy. Right. But when it's a product or service that you yourself have maybe not used before, there can be challenges around that as well because it's it's you stepping into this position of learning it and then really seeing it in the way that others can benefit from it. Now, that being said, I'll say that there have been some advantages to having this experience in that when you're not very close to something, you can see it more objectively. You don't attach yourself so much to the outcome of things. And one of the greatest challenges for me prior to stepping into that role, I had in one of my previous careers freelanced as a makeup artist. And that was a lot of you know service-based work. I myself was producing the end result of that service and attaching so much of my self-worth to the outcomes of my clients' happiness, of you know, the just the end, the end goal of whatever it was that we were trying to create. Right. So with this, I felt like it taught me so much one to listen to listen and be present for the person that I was talking to, 
without having any attachments to what their decision was going to be. It wasn't a reflection of, of me as, you know, a salesperson or the company even, right? But it was really an opportunity to learn and to be present for whatever it was that they were going through. Because as you all know, we've all been through the pandemic mm-hmm. and none of us were prepared for that. And when I started that role, a month in the pandemic hit. And so while I thought I would be out there going door to door and meeting face to face with people, which I love, I get really energized by that interaction. Suddenly all of that became telephone calls and virtual, you know, which in some ways was very much, I feel like a a gift in being able to learn how to utilize those tools, but there was a learning curve to that as well. So So much of that, I think, has carried over to the present day, just learning to, I think, you know, like I mentioned, be a great listener. And sometimes that means not talking as much, which is hard, right? Or not sharing your perspective right away. You know, you could still share it, but maybe listen first and then share. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know, and I, I'm, you know, very well aware in marketing, you know, one of the things that we're constantly channeling and, and listening for, you know, is your customer's own story, journey, unique perspective on things that they have to offer for their audience, right? And really amplifying that. But if we never take the time to, to listen and we're too busy projecting ourselves and our own ideas and assumptions, right, on our customers, that can lead us to conclusions or providing suggestions that aren't even helpful. We're not really showing up to help them, right? With where they're at. Yes. So, you know, I think it's like a gift. It's a talent to really hone that in because, right. I think we see it more often than not that people are almost coming into like sales pitch, you know, if you think sales pitch and and they're just kind of one-minded and not as adaptable or not listening enough to what they need and thinking that they need this or, you know, whatever it is, but they're not going the extra step, which is really what I do in my business. I think I do it really well. And I, you know, pride myself on having this process, like we going back to processes that I've built. And I love to share more on another episode about client experience. You know, I came from a hospitality background, a mix of backgrounds, but I went to college specifically for hospitality management. And that's really shaped, you know, what I've wanted to the higher vision of what I wanted for my company which is a couple of things like service, you know, quality service and also putting the customer first, you know, in, in different ways, not just attending to them first, but listening first, I guess you could, would be a good summary. And just, there's not a lot of companies and people that are willing to take the extra step that I've encountered. There's a lot of business owners, a lot of marketing firms and agencies, but I'm a marketing boutique and that's, you know, what my company is about because we are selective. We do a certain type of work for a certain type of client to really serve from the heart and, you know, and beyond because it's really a relationship. Absolutely. And I love that you mentioned there's that selective aspect that plays a huge role into who you decide to work with because, So often, right, I think the temptation, especially when you're first starting out in business is, you know, and maybe in the beginning, we don't have the luxury 
of, mm-hmm. of being picky with who we want to, to sign on. However, the problem with that is you end up taking on, you know, working with clients who may not be the best fit or, you know, vice versa, that you may not be the one to best serve them. Mm-hmm. And I think that can be really hard when, you know, you're, you're just looking for business, right? But it takes a certain level of, I think, honesty and also integrity in, you know, deciding for yourself, okay, you know, what are the things that I am willing to, to stand by? And if it's not something that I feel either comfortable or in alignment with, or, you know, just really would be better served by outsourcing to someone else, you know, can I be honest about that? And I think that's a really vulnerable and also courageous act for a lot of business owners to take, which is why maybe it's it's harder. It's mm-hmm. the path to more resistance that we don't see as many businesses take. So that's really yeah. interesting, you know, that you mentioned that. And I love that you've found your your niche and and the people that you feel so dedicated and called to serve. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, it's it's been a journey, you know, and I, I definitely want to share more about my story on social and, and on some other solo podcasts. So that is coming soon. But yeah, I've learned so much from experiences and talking to people. You know, I will tell you the honest truth is I've had probably longer conversations with people than I really wanted to commit to, but it was for the higher purpose. It was to see if they were the right fit for me you know, maybe 15 minutes longer here, 15 minutes, it still adds up. It's your time. But in the end, I've, I found myself getting more clarity every single conversation, whether it's the first introduction or the second call, I was just seeing a lot more clear and knowing what they needed because they were a little bit resistant to saying in the first conversation um, and had to be like a second conversation that I really got to see the true authentic business owner and who they are as a person. So it is very important to, to go the extra mm, mile. I love that. I love that <laughs> you, you know, really recognize the human behind the business. You know, I think ultimately, you know, we're, we're all just people working with other people, right? There's humans Mm -hmm. behind every business. And when you can recognize the humanness in that, I think we all see that there's that common thread of, we all, we all love to be acknowledged. You know, we all love to be validated for the things that we work so hard for and um, care deeply about, right? We're here doing this work. And, you know, I I think there's, there's really kind of a a place and opportunity for everyone. I never see it as a competition, but, you know, rather we're, we're all here, you know, more complimentary to one another. Exactly. Um, hundred percent. So I know, well, I love to talk a little bit more about, you know, any advice because we're kind of on that, you know, realm of conversation. What advice can you provide our listeners today? Oh goodness, so much. <laughs> we'll have to record another episode. I know. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, I think, you know, if there are a few things that I would probably love to have heard myself, I think on my own journey, I think that's kind of where I'll I'll start mm-hmm. is the first thing that really lands for me is the idea around setting realistic expectations for ourselves, right? Because when we can set realistic expectations for ourselves, we are better able to keep ourselves accountable mm-hmm. to following through and showing up for it because we're not overwhelmed 
by it. You know, one of my clients, I think, said it best in that he said, on days when I feel like it's just, it's so impossible for me to make enough time to do the things that I want to do, I just allow myself to set the bar so low that I can mm. step over it. And I, I like that. I haven't that. heard, I haven't heard yes. that one, but I absolutely <laughs> love that. <laughs> I do too. Because I'm the I opposite. Think- I'm doing. Oh yeah, me too. (laughs) Hands down. Just vision, vision, (laughs) or, you know, just thinking of the higher purpose and I can do this and and having all that motivation, but then is it realistic enough? Because it's realistic, but it it may not be to that level. That's reality. (laughs) Yes. And, you know, there's, and there's a beauty, right. To that vision in having the bigger picture in mind, but on the other hand, right. Like if it, if it's so big that it keeps us from getting started, I think that's where it can keep us stuck and Mm -hmm. frozen right in Mm -hmm. that, in that overwhelm. So I think there's a really big difference in recognizing that it doesn't mean you're settling, right. When people hear, oh, you're setting the bar low. Does that mean that I'm, I'm, settling, you know, for something, but rather it's really, you're making it easier for yourself to experience a win. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I I just really want to invite, you know, your listeners to recognize and celebrate that your win is still a win, regardless of how big or small it is. You know, it, it doesn't mean it has to look like you've taken so many steps in order to feel like, okay, now I can afford to acknowledge myself for the progress I've made. You know, the brain loves the reward of feeling like we've achieved a win, right? And all those small wins, they add up eventually to one day becoming a big win, right? And it's that 100%. consistency. Yeah. Yes. Showing up for those, right? I so, love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is there any, um, or where can our audience find you? What is the the best platform that you typically show up on for social? Absolutely. I, I love Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm on there probably a little more than I, I really would love to admit to be, <laughs> but it's also <laughs> my, my greatest place of connection and inspiration. So you can find me and connect with me on there. Mm-hmm. It's at christinaasai.co. That's probably we'll link to it. Yeah, in, we'll have everything in the show there. notes. Yep. Yes, but you can mm-hmm. definitely find me and connect with me on there. Yeah, wonderful. And how about any promotions or offers or resources? Um, do you have any to share with our audience? Absolutely. I'm happy to invite your listeners to hop on a free strategy call with me. And that looks like us sitting down and helping you to clarify perhaps anything that might be standing in the way of you moving forward with your business idea. Perhaps you've been seeking more visibility in a certain platform and that you've been having trouble really clarifying your message. You know, talking about what it is you do might feel really kind of clunky or salesy. And, you know, one of the things that I love to do is sit down and really, as we talked about earlier, listen, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Listen for those gems that are in everyone's story and to really help you clarify what your strengths are so that, you know, you can show up to be the powerful and impactful leader here on the mission to do your good work that you are. Right. So um, we'll definitely link to that. And love that. Yes. Mm -hmm. All of this great insight and resources are going to be linked in our show notes, but I just want to thank you again, Christina, for being a guest and, you know, it's a pleasure having you. I look forward to connecting with you on and offline always (laughs) Um, and just building that connection. So thank you so much. Thank you. 
A big part of business growth is taking strategic action and keeping your mindset and vision on track. Strategy is the core foundation of my business processes and this podcast. This is not your average business podcast. I'm here to build a small business community. My name is Jacqueline Farkas, founder of Social Marketing Boutique. Join us and hit the subscribe button today.